welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Sam McVeigh is here today, and he is going to give us a word. We've been in a series uh, where we've been talking about the Holy Spirit a bit, and we're talking about empowerment and indwelling of the Holy Spirit today. He's going to kind of uh, 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 cap it off with uh, what it looks like to keep in step with the Spirit <clears throat> and a warning a warning that he gave a couple of weeks ago at a Saturday night equip meeting that stirred my heart, and I felt like the whole church needed to hear this word of warning because I think there's some warring going on. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray as always that you would equip Sam, Lord, with your words, not his. God, more of you, less of him, and in the same way, Holy Spirit, move in power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you guys welcome him? Amen. Glad to be here today. Um, we love Reliance. Uh, Reliance is family to us and our larger kind of regional Disciple Nations family. Um, we meet here on Saturday nights, actually. Uh, that started after the quarantine. We moved from Christ Church out east to here. So do uh, an hour prayer meeting from 5 to 6 here every Saturday night with a bunch of staff and people that are here. And um, then from 6 to 7, we do an equipping ministry for various people from various churches around the city and the state. And so... We just love Reliance and um, love their uh, hospitality to us and generosity to us. Um, I am, uh, I've been pastoring for quite a few years, and some, I told the other services, I've, something happened about a few years ago where I was suddenly not really pastoring a church. I was more leading our team, uh, Disciple Nations is a team of leaders and missionaries and ministers of, through igniting movements of prayer and disciple, locked in on spreading the supremacy of Christ in all the earth through igniting movements of prayer and disciple-making. And so that's a pretty large venue, if you will, of, uh, of people and giftings. And so we've got people in Iraq and Texas and Colorado and Tennessee and mostly here. And uh, Disciple uh, Reliance is part of that. And so, so thankful for them here. Uh, my family is Amy, who's not here, and our nine kids. And so uh, 17 grandkids. And uh, we are, uh, live here in Wichita and just glad to be here. So I think I know some of you, some of your faces look familiar. I may be a little bit new to you, but I'm, I'm just glad to be here. It's been, a, I think, a little bit over a year since I've, I've been here. I, pray, I came about, I don't know, it was maybe 18 months ago and talked about praying the scriptures and uh, prayed with you guys through that. And so we love prayer. Prayer is such a big deal. Besides just kind of leading the leaders, a mandate on our team in my life is that uh, in South Korea in 2015, the Lord spoke to my heart that there are global consequences for what we do with prayer in Kansas. And um, another little piece of information of that that the Lord kind of dropped on our heart that a few years later in 2019 in spring was that um, I felt like it's his desire that there's 100,000 intercessors that are all praying the same word of God at the same time. So what, what Aaron said to you is uh, something that's a high priority. We love the prayer culture here at Reliance. And um, kansasprayer.com. KansasPrayer.com, if anybody remembers that and wants to look at that, that's going to be the hub for the 100,000 in the state. I've been meeting with some state leaders in various places that are stirring up prayer and organizing. And if you go to KansasPrayer.com and get to that website and then scroll down just a little bit, you'll see um, a list of weekly scriptures that James Weishar, who was here last week, he really does a ton of kind of laying those out. And we're just trying to unify the state because I'm believing with all my heart that the Lord's going to raise up 100,000 unified intercessors in Kansas that then will be part of storing up 100 million believers in America that are fully revived, fully on fire for Jesus. 
that then will be part of a billion soul harvest in the earth. And we really believe that the Lord is going to sweep, man, harvest is upon us. We're hearing stories out of the mission field that are just phenomenal. And I'm telling you, the gates of COVID will not prevail <laughs> against the Lord, right? I mean, the church is actually prospering. We never go backwards. We prosper under pressure. Our lives prosper under pressure if we're in the Holy Spirit. And so these are amazing times for us right now. We're not just like waiting, we're going forward. And so I'm just glad to be with you. Uh, Aaron told me this is his favorite service by far. <laughs> Don't tell the other ones that. And I thought it was kind of my favorite too because there's not like a matinee after this, right? We had to get out for the other deals, but this is the deal. So we, he said we could be here till 2 p.m. I'm excited about... Anyway... Um... But seriously, I was walking around praying. I've done this a couple times today. And um, I want it to be true and organic and real for you and not me just going through the motions. And it's going to take the Holy Spirit for that to happen. When I was walking around back there, I heard the word, so strong in my heart, deliverance in the room. Deliverance in the room. And I feel like that's what's supposed to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking. You're, you've listened to a bunch of sermons. Look at you. You're sitting so well and doing it. You've practiced. So here I am. I'm going to do it again, and I'll be up here, and you'll be there, and we'll talk, and it'll go through the sound system. But that's all just the natural stuff without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what I'm going to do is just pray really quick here again and ask for the living Holy Spirit, the one who made the worlds and drew us out of darkness into sonship, the Holy Spirit, the third person of Yahweh, God, very God, to truly stir our hearts and begin to run out occupiers that are in our heart and around our lives. That's what I saw. I'm not trying to be real weird. I saw, I did wasn't a big vision. I just saw the Lord's zeal in running out occupiers that are in the promised land of our hearts, and you'll see what I'm talking about here in a minute. But there's been too much stuff cluttering our hearts, and he wants the full possession so you pray with me in a non-religious way as so we just address our Papa. Father, we thank you, our Father in heaven, that we can call God Father is amazing. Thank you that you so loved us, that you pursued us with your son, not another set of tablets, it was your son Thank you for Jesus. We love Jesus. He's our favorite one. He's the king, the rightful heir of everything on planet earth. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus, for our redemption, your death and resurrection, your ascension right now in a body, in a, in a resurrected body. You're reigning in the heavenly realms, and you sent the Holy Spirit used to be on a few people, now poured out on all your sons and daughters. And so we know we don't need better speakers, structures, strategies. We need more of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you've taken the weakest people in generations and just lit nations on fire. And so we pray even now, would you anoint these weak words from a weak vessel and do what you do so well, Bring glory to Jesus. And I pray that you would touch the inner man of every person in this room. And Lord, we pray your zeal, your zeal, all, all authority in heaven and earth would run out occupiers, enemy occupiers in our life, our minds, and our hearts. We're trusting you for a deliverance work here today in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So, spirit right now, I'm, I'm, just a, I'm not just a preacher, I'm a son. And I, I, love, I love being with the Father, and he's, he's here. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? Don't have to really work up to get good. He's good. <laughs> so, let me, as I help you, the name of this thing is um, Keeping in Step with the Spirit. Beware of a core, C-O-R, spirit. And what that means, and you'll find out in a minute, is an acronym for something. But let me set the foundation first for you. John the Baptist, who was the forerunner before Jesus, whose whole life and job was to point to Jesus, proclaimed multiple things about Christ, but two primary ones that you need to know deeply. Meditate on them, go deep in them. Number one, John the Baptist in John 1.29 with some of his disciples, when Jesus walked by his cousin, he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He said, look, there he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, which meant he's innocent and he's going to be slaughtered. He's going to die. He's going to take away the sins of billions of people. Then he says, four verses later in John 1.33, he is the one, secondly, he's the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So there's two things that the Messiah, the King, the God-man was going to do primarily. He's going to shed his blood to wash away sins, and he's going to baptize us, fill us, give us the Holy Spirit. Those two things you can't go too deep in. You need to meditate on the blood of Jesus and the glory of what that is. It's the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins that keeps us separate from God. It's not your Bible reading, your praying, or your coming to church. It's the blood of Jesus that gives us access to the throne of God. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses these guilty consciences. The shame and the guilt and the liar devil who's constantly reminding you of your sin, your legal plea against the devil that you're forgiven is the blood of Jesus, not how good you were this last week. And it is the way we stop the enemy. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. We got to have a revelation of the blood. But listen, the blood is only to make a way for you to get the real gift. And the real gift is being baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's getting God your, God is the great reward of his own gospel. That's the way I like to say it. He's the reward. Heaven will be the fruit of the reward, but you're just going to heaven because he's in heaven. You're just gonna be on a new heaven, new earth because that's where he is. He's the reward. And we got the deposit now and it's pretty good. Can you imagine what the full payment's gonna be? Resurrected body, fullness of the Holy Spirit, we're going to taste food maybe for the first time. We're going we're gonna to ride on white horses. Anyway, I gotta, I'm going to slow down. I'm just pumped about my future. Billions of years ruling and reigning with Jesus. Oh, what a future we have. And it's all because we got God in us, and he's going to fully reign in everything. You get the Holy Spirit. God didn't give you another set of commandments, didn't give you another set of principles to obey. He came to clean up your house so that he could get inside your house. Adam and Eve lost the tree of life. We got it back. It's Jesus. In him is life, and that life is light of man, and that life is a real person. It's the Holy Spirit. I've got what Adam, beyond what Adam and Eve had. Got God inside me. Praise the Lord. So on Passover, Jesus right on Passover became the fullness of the Lamb. 
Millions of lambs, there he is, his blood is shed, Testament. but then Jesus is the fulfillment, capital L, lamb, and bam, there he is, his blood is shed, and on Passover, he does that and raises from the dead to show it's not mere martyrdom. Then, 50 days later, on Pentecost, Jesus pours out the Holy Spirit to empower us. So we got Passover, I hope you know about your Passover in Jesus, and you know about your Pentecost, that he gives the Holy Spirit. Being led by the Holy Spirit, listen everybody, this is a big statement. Preachers make big statements. Being led by the Holy Spirit is the key identifier that you're a son or daughter of the living God. I don't care how many times you've been baptized. In I don't care how many times you come to church. Romans 8, 14 says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. What does the family of God do? They're led by the Holy Spirit. So you can determine where you are in the family. You're not born again if you don't have the Holy Spirit. And you're not growing in the fullness of what he wants unless the Holy Spirit is becoming your leadership. He's your satisfaction. You're growing in relationship with the living person. He's not a power influence. He's a person. He's a person who wants to talk to you and lead you and convict you and comfort you and be with you. He's with you all the time, even when Aaron's not preaching. In the late night hour, when the temptation is coming after your heart for the same thing, your only hope is the Holy Spirit. You just don't have it in you to fight it. You might do it for a little while, and then if you're successful, you'll get proud. <laughs> but we're not doing it. We're, we're living by a different life. So the Holy Spirit is the great body of being. One of my favorite things to pray about is the Holy Spirit. I feel like the Holy Spirit's reintroducing himself to the body of Christ. Because we can go through the motions and not really interact with the Holy Spirit. And so he's doing that. I'm here today to hit a side of this that's a warning and it's this, because the guys have been preaching about the Holy Spirit in the season of revival. He's the key to revival. But the, the reality is on planet Earth, biblically, every human being is manipulated, moved, stirred, affected by a spirit. Did you know that? Even atheists who don't believe in God are actually being affected by a spirit. And what my Bible for that is, is Ephesians chapter 2, 1 and 2 says, And you, Ephesians, believers, were, used to be dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked when you followed the course of this world, which was selfishness and destruction and sin, when you were following the prince of the power of the... That's Bible, that everybody in Wichita is being moved by a spirit. The spirit that is at work in the sons of disobedience, spirit, the unseen realm, is affecting natural human beings. The only diff... There's two kind of people on planet Earth. Those that are redeemed and filled and moved by the Spirit of God and those that are unredeemed and moved by the Spirit that leads them to disobedience. But everybody's being led. Everybody's being led, okay? And so that's a reality that I hope you know. The enemy of our souls, though, believers, wants you and I to trade out the leadership of the Holy Spirit for a different spirit. And we see this in a couple different places in the Bible, but here it is in 2 Corinthians 11:4. He says to these believers, this is his concern, now watch. For if someone comes and proclaims another or a different Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or you receive a different spirit from the one you received, you ex or you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, I'm shocked you put up with that readily enough. How is it that you're putting up with a different Jesus? Everybody know there's a lot of different Jesuses preached in them. Islam's preaching Jesus. They're waiting on him to return like we are. But that died on a cross, paid for sins, and rose from the dead. He's just a great prophet, an imam. 
Jehovah Witness, Mormon, cults have, there's a lot of Jesus out there. But there's only one right Jesus. It's the biblical Jesus. The fullness of what he did. But some are buying in to a different Jesus. And this is the one that's not talked about as much more, is, is that there's a different spirit. You could be affected by a different spirit as a believer. Do you know that? This is what I'm here to warn you about. There are many different spirits, honestly. A spirit of fear, a spirit of, a spirit of immorality, a spirit of addiction. A spirit, either way, you're being affected. Listen, and what I mean by spirit, biblically, as I understand it, is yes, entities, fallen angels and spirits at all kinds of levels, but also a spirit is referred to as a culture of your mind, your heart. It's how you're thinking, okay? It's really both. And as I talk about this, I want you to think about it, because I think the enemy is lying and deceiving and trying to get you to trade out a life led by the Spirit for a life led by another spirit. And he wants you motivated. You're going to be motivated. Everybody's going to be motivated. It's just who you're going to be motivated by. Aaron heard three weeks ago on a Saturday night, he's asked, well, there's multiple spirits. What's been on my heart for the church lately? What Aaron heard three weeks ago on a Saturday night, he's asking me to preach here, is this thing of a core spirit. And it's an acronym, C-O-R, and it's for these three. A critical spirit, an offended spirit, and a religious spirit. These two just present themselves as a counterfeit and take up so much space in believers' hearts that they can't walk out a spirit-led life. So let me unpack these just a minute. Everybody in this room has been affected by these at some level. Number one, a critical spirit. A critical spirit is a fault-finding spirit rooted in pride that often disguises itself as discernment. Wisdom. I just, I'm rational. It's a fault-finding spirit rooted in pride that disguises itself as discernment. And it doesn't matter if it's coming from a sense in your life of superiority, I'm better than everybody, or inferiority, they're all better than me, and i got to bring them down. Either way, it's pride. Whether you're high and looking down on everybody and finding their faults, or you're low and trying to find their faults so you can bring them down and feel a little better, a critical spirit will eat up your mind and your heart. And after a while of having this thing, you don't have to think about having this thing. Aaron walks up to you, you see his faults. They're so obvious. It's just you automatically, you get that, it becomes a culture in your life. I'm finding the fault in my spouse, in my kid, in my coworker, and it becomes a critical spirit that just motivates you. Listen, the Holy Spirit brings conviction. This is good. Conviction about our own life and conviction about even others around us, but the critical spirit brings condemnation. That's what it does. And so here's how you can know where you're off. It's one little test, okay? When I see the problem in Ryan Wallace's life, and I see it, and I go, oh, my gosh, that's a glaring character problem right there. What do I do? It's a crossroads. Do I go down the path of, I love that brother, even though that thing bothers me? I'm going to take it to prayer, beg for his deliverance, and then I'm going to go and try to find loving ways to help him get delivered. Or do I go down the path of, who in the world could I tell about this? Who could I tell to show them that Ryan's not as good as I am? How can I spread the news with a critical spirit? One way is the way of the flesh. One way is the way of the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense? You ever 
been or known anybody like this? If you have, say, oh my. I'm sure you're all thinking about the other people, that, right? Secondly, is an offended spirit. An offended spirit is a wounded spirit that lives in confused hurt and pain. This one touches almost all of us. An offended spirit, is a, it's been wounded somehow, that lives in confusion in the midst of hurt and pain, and it's constantly taking offense. It's constantly irritating. It's constantly, you know, some, they weren't good enough to me. They didn't give me enough honor. They didn't do whatever, okay? An offended spirit truly will pollute the culture of your mind. And you're in good company if you've struggled with this. Jesus says in Matthew 11 that John the Baptist was the greatest man born of a woman. Before he said that, by the way, there's a little story about John the Baptist, which is the end of his life and ministry. Does anybody remember where he ended up? He didn't end up in a ministry center with thousands of people. He ended up in a prison cell because he kept pointing out that Herod was in sin. Herod put him in prison. He's in prison. His life's turning out different than he thought. He's probably thinking thoughts like, Jesus, Father, God, what are you doing? This is going wrong. He's so confused, he sends some of his disciples to ask Jesus, ask him if he really is the one. Does everybody remember what John the Baptist's main ministry is? You're the one. <laughs> That's his whole life. He's 33 and spent his life saying, he's the one. He's the one. That's what his life's about. Now he's in prison. Listen, life's not going like he thinks it ought to. He's disappointed. He's struggling to trust God. He's like, is he even the one? Did I miss it in my life? Jesus says to the boys that came up to ask him, tell him what you see. And Jesus was healing the blind and healing the deaf right then. He goes, go back and tell him. He'll remember. He'll remember Isaiah 61. He'll know I'm the Messiah. He'll remember. And it was so loving how he did it. But also tell him one more thing. Do you remember what it was? He added a beatitude to that Matthew 5 beatitude. There's eight right there. He added a ninth one. Tell John the Baptist, blessed is the one who's not offended on account of me. Tell, tell him there's a blessing if he'll get the offense out of his heart. It'll operate even in a prison cell. John the Baptist is about to be beheaded because of a silly promise out loud in a little sexual dance by his stepdaughter at a party. It's re a ridiculous way to die when you're the greatest man born of women. But I'll tell you this, no matter how ridiculous our life is turning out, our father is always faithful. John the Baptist is not regretting his life in the heavenly realms right now. Because <laughs> the paycheck is not here, it's in the next age. And so, if your expectations are inordinately waiting for certain things to happen here, and you're not aware that things usually go different than you think, because you only know in part you're a human being. People are going to act different, you're going to expect different, and it's going to turn out. I mean, how many have had some things go different than you thought they would go? <laughs> and then how many of you know God's got all power? Hmm. He could have kept that person from being mean to me, stealing from me, ripping off me. Why didn't he? And there's a ton of people in the body of Christ. Some of them will say it out loud, the small number. Most of them got it as an inner grudge. They're offended at God. Where were you, almighty God, when this happened and that hurt and that was stolen? There's a warning to not be offended at God, and there's a warning 
not only vertically, but horizontally, not to be, if you're around other human beings, you're going to get offended. That's life on planet Earth. If you're waiting and hoping, you'll, never, you'll be offended as soon as this afternoon. It's going to happen. The spouse, the whatever, the thing, it's going to happen. You're going to get offended. You've got to decide what you're going to do. You've got to decide what you're going to do with that offense. And I believe with all my heart that offense is an opportunity for you to grow in Christ Do you actually ought to feel some inner joy by See, there's a revolution going on by the Messiah that does this. The whole world says, smacked on that cheek, get this cheek. Jesus comes and turns the world upside down and says this. If somebody smacks you on one cheek, what are you supposed to do? Turn the other one. Here, fresh, here you go. Is this a good enough target? Ready to go. They steal your tunic, give them your coat. I mean, really make them plunder you. How are you doing with that, by the way? It's a revolution. And I promise you that kingdom love is going to eat up satanic hate on planet Earth. This king will not lose. Love will not lose. We're not to be overcome with evil. We overcome evil with good. And we respond in a way that shocks them. I think it shocked Saul, who wants to kill the church, when Stephen's bodies being pelted with stones, and he's saying, Father, forgive them, and his face is glowing like an angel. That will mess you up. Why isn't he cursing and in fear and crying? He's blessing everybody that's stoning him. Turned an enemy of God into an apostle by the power of the Spirit who wrote half of our New Testament. This stuff will work. So the Holy Spirit is quick to forgive and trust, and an offended spirit walks in suspicious distrust. The Holy Spirit, quick to forgive and try, looks for the opportunity. How in the world? Leaves wrath with God and begins to bless. It's a powerful dynamic while the flesh does the other thing. Lastly, a religious spirit, which won't apply to anybody in this room, but a religious spirit is a work-based spirit that lives in slavery to performance. A religious spirit is a work-based, Jesus never came to start a religion. Does everybody know that? He came to bring a kingdom. He didn't come to bring... Buddhism and Hindu, and then Jesus has got an idea. Let's do Christianity. We'll build a bunch of buildings, and people will come to them, and then they'll fight a lot, and they'll divide. And that wasn't his thought. He brought a kingdom that was going to engulf the whole world, by the way. The religious spirit is a work-based spirit that lives in. It's this thing of, I'm going to read my Bible more, pray more, do communion. I'm going to do, and I'm going to get God to like me. You're trying to get God to do something he's already done. He already loves you. You go, yeah, he loves me when I had that good week three weeks ago, but he's hacked off at me this week. You don't understand Yahweh. You don't understand how he looks at you through the blood of his son. He's with you when you're reading your Bible and you've been fasting for 75 days. He loves you then, but he also loves you at the late night hour and you just had the failure. I'm not endorsing sin. I'm just telling you where sin increases, grace increases all the more. You try to outdo his grace and his love, good luck. Grace and love is pursuing you over and over. The poem, the hound of heaven, kept chasing me. I'm like, I'm not even worthy to be chased. He's broken my heart so many times, broken in, telling me he loves me right after I had the foray in the flesh. Anybody ever had that happen? Like, seriously, Lord? And they will send somebody to tell me, the Father just whispered in my heart, he loves you so much. I'm like, I'm so unlovable. Like, yeah, I know, I want to break your heart with my kindness. Because I'm here to liberate you. A religious spirit keeps working and working. The Holy Spirit 
develop sonship in the finished work of grace found in Jesus while a religious spirit lives under the torment of never doing enough in the flesh. The Holy Spirit is trying to convince us that it is finished. The religious spirit's trying to tell you there's so much left to do. (laughs) And all of us live under the oppression of that stinking stuff. And the devil keeps propagating it and preaching it and trying to bring us into shackles under a critical spirit pointing at everybody with the accuser of the brethren or an offended spirit, everybody hurts me, or a religious spirit in the middle of all of it where I'm judging myself and everybody around me. The core spirit will steal away a spirit-led life. It just will. That's what's at stake here, guys. It's more than you getting over a bad attitude. <laughs> this is, it's more than that. It's more than you doing some wrong thing. This is, the, this is a substitute for the spirit-led life. The enemy's trying to move in as an occupier to fill up the space of your heart, your affections, and your attention. He does, it, he does it through some of these things. So it takes intentionality to practice and be led by the spirit. And these are very simple things and intuitive, but let me just say them out loud. How do I do this? Number one, I think you got to make a, you can't let Aaron make it, he can't make the decision for you all to be led by the Holy Spirit. You've got to individually decide, I want to be led by the Spirit of God. You need to say it out loud, you need to put a stake in the ground, this is the ambition of my life, is to be filled with him and to walk with him. Does that make sense? Nobody gets to, God won't do that for you. You got to do that. Second, The Holy Spirit, who's the one who can truly search your heart, you need to ask him, am I being moved, motivated, and led by any other kind of spirit? Ask him, I dare you. When he responds, and he will in love, I mean, he loves you. Anger is out more this way than your hands up this way. Respond to that. You got a bad attitude. You're offended. You're just hurt, and you're responding out of your pain and not loving people. There's a dam at the river of your love, and I want to break through it. Just repent. Don't, you don't have to feel way sorry. Just go, you're right. I agree. And turn. And then, fourthly, renounce. Renounce it. you got to make, you really do, I believe, have to break your allegiance with this thing, because that's what we've done. We've made covenants and treaties inside ourselves of agreement with our pain and anger toward other people. And when we've done it, what was something I had to think to do, now I don't have to think anymore. I'm just naturally critical, naturally hurt by everybody, and I'm naturally trying to earn stuff with a religious spirit. The Lord wants you to renounce it. I, renou- I break my agreement. And then, five, practice, practice, practice. Do it again. Do it again and again and again. The number of times that I've had to get this funk off my heart, it would be embarrassing to tell you. I'm preaching with passion. I did this three weeks ago. You would have thought I'd been way better. I'm a little bit better. But here's the deal. Some lady in the first service came and told me about her husband who had got four years ago. God did not fulfill, and he gave up. I'm done. He's so offended at God. I'm just not following him anymore. And she came up to me freshly filled with faith to believe for some things, which was great. But she said, I saw a little picture of me running and trying to deal with this, and I'd stumble and I'd fall down. And Jesus would reach down and lift me up again and go, run. Then she'd run and stumble and fall down, and then Jesus would pick her up again. Listen, he's with you all the way. He's not bored. He's not wore out. He's like, do it five times, and I'm done with you at the sixth one. 
He'll do it a million times with you if you're sincere and your heart is set on, I want liberated and I want free. Isn't that good news? He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. He's got more at stake in this than you do. And he loves you. For deliverance that just happened. Thank you for deliverance that just happened by your grace in the last 20 minutes as people begin to break contracts and agreements that they've had for a long time. Thank you that the power of your spirit is driving away tormentors that keep attacking our minds, reminding us of not only our failure, but the failures of other people around us. Thank you for the inspiration that just came in people's hearts to begin to embrace the path of the Messiah where we love our enemies. Lord, I pray now in these last few moments, take take the spade of your word and your presence and weed out of the garden of our heart that thing that's restricting fruitfulness. We know you want us to water our heart, but also weed it. So help us, oh God. Last time, Aaron, you want to come up, lady? Um, you want to say something? Then I'll... a couple, a couple Saturdays ago, was you know part, part of what stirred uh, when he shared this uh, a couple, a couple Saturdays ago was just it's so easy, and I'm listening to this thing, and, and it's so easy to, and he, and he kind of alluded to it to, to think about somebody who needs to hear this. Oh, I've got somebody who's critical; they need to hear this. Right? Who thought of somebody else in the? <laughs> I've got somebody else who's offended that needs to hear this. And the Lord's going, no, no, you're critical at times. You're offended at times. And, and I just keep thinking about, man, we've been pressing into seeds of revival. Lord, we want to see something happen. And we want to walk, you know, the, the word says to keep in step with the Spirit. Keep yeah. in step with the Spirit. And so here we are saying, Lord, we, we want to move to this. We want to keep in step, move to this next place. And what's hindering us is something inside of us that was never supposed to be there. And so here we are trying to weed some things out. And, and honestly, as Sam was just preaching, I went Hosea 12, Hosea 10, 12. And he literally says, he says, break up, cultivate. There's something in the ground that needs to be broken up. And here's what he says. It's time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. But look what he says here. You, you have plowed iniquity. You have reaped injustice. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you have trusted in your own way. And I'm thinking, man, the critical spirit, the, the, the offended spirit, the religious spirit thinks that we know what's best, we know what to do, and man, I'm just believing that God wants to just be done with that today and give us the one spirit, Holy Spirit, true spirit, the one spirit of God that leads us into all truth. The one that brings the conviction where it needs to be brought. The one that brings us into his presence. The one that brings us into who he is. And so I just, just have favor over the word that was brought today that this is the next step for, for, for the church. And I'm not just talking reliance. Whoever, whoever's listening, wherever you're listening, that this is the next step for the body of Christ. So just would you guys just close your eyes for a minute? Second service. We, we, we prayed this and yeah. Yeah, before we do this though, there was an act of faith that we 
that we asked for in second service, just an act of faith. If you, if you've, if you feel like you've carried even just a little bit this critical spirit or the spirit of offense, if you feel like you've carried this, this religious spirit where you, you just know there's a little bit of that in you or you've been wounded by it because somebody else cares. Yeah. If it's affected you in any way, yeah. would you just in an act of faith, would you just stand? We want to pray over you today. If you know there is something inside of you and you're saying, God, release me from this. Father, deal with this. Cultivate my heart. I'm so done with this. I'm ready to walk with you, Holy Spirit. And it's holding you back. Yeah. You said it second service. I mean, it's probably the majority of us in this room. We just want to pray this over us because God is moving. And this is something that we have to be real with and deal with. In my own life, I confess it. And I know it hinders me from hearing the voice of God. So I'm just going to pray and then Sam, Sam will close us out in prayer. But let's just, if that's you, will you just stand Yeah. Put your hands out. Surrender it. Father, take this spirit that is not of you. The one that's critical. The one that's always either trying to bring people down or or elevate ourselves above other people. God, break the critical spirit that's not just outside of the church where we try to point at everybody else. Break it, the one that's inside of the body of Christ. God, break it. Break it when we're trying to point at our spouse and their weaknesses. Break it when we're trying to point at brothers and sisters and their weaknesses. Father, for those that have been offended, when we carry this hurt and wound within us, and it's keeping us from seeing the full nature of your love, or God giving the fullness of your love to somebody else. Father, would you deal with that spirit? We surrender the offended spirit today. Yes. And that religious spirit, God, that keeps trying and trying, and we're on the hamster wheel, and we're running and trying to perform. God, break the hamster wheel. Show us and remind us and love us, God, into the fact that we'll never earn something more from you. You've lavished your love upon your people. Lead us into this, God. Cultivate our ground, God. Plow it up. We lay it down, Jesus. We give it to you. Father, I continue to pray and ask. You're the great stronghold breaker. And I'm asking that what started as a seed has grown up into a mighty city in our minds and art. Would you break down the walls of habitual activity, of critical spirit, offended spirit, and religious spirit. Thank you for your power to do in us what we cannot do in ourselves. We stand by faith because we're trusting you to deliver us. You're the great deliverer. Lord, I pray for deliverance in every heart, every relationship. Pray for an outbreak of reconciliation in the body of Christ. In families in this room, texts sent, phone calls made, dinners get, Lord, I just ask for reconciliation where this stuff has divided us according to what the enemy wanted. I pray for an overcoming swell of kingdom love, kingdom peace, kingdom joy, and run out the occupiers. The liars in our ears and the occupiers in our life. Set us free, O oh God, and take up ruin reign. Holy Spirit, do in us what we cannot do in ourselves. We affirm today that you are greater than any of this stuff. Greater, greater, greater than. Free us from the shame that we've had it. Free us from the guilt. Do a miracle in our lives. Thanks for listening today. 
If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.